I think that if we can just have that space where we're able to laugh at ourselves and even at the situations that we're in, that it kind of gives us room to breathe. And I think right now that's a huge, that's a huge thing. If you can find a good friend to laugh with, that can open up some space in your soul, I think, so that you can make it through whatever you're going, going through. So I have this, I have a sense that Jesus laughed a lot. From the pages of Church Growth Magazine, helping church leaders implement their vision, this is the Church Growth Magazine podcast with your host, Brian Boyd. This is the Church Growth Magazine podcast. Uh, I'm Brian Boyd, and we took a little hiatus after season one because, frankly, it was it was a lot of work. <laughs> but we're back. This is season two, and who better to start season two off with than a author, pastor, pastor's wife, a blogger, um, radio host, um, chef, Michelin star chef, um, uh, marathon runner, triathlon, Susanna Ottman. Susanna, thank you for coming today. How are you doing? Oh man, I'm doing so good, especially after that intro. Only about two of those things were true, but um, I'm going to pretend that they all are true. Uh, well, so it's fun to be talking to you today. This is, this is a blast. We've actually been talking for, for a long time about getting together for the Church Growth Magazine podcast, and we finally got it done. And uh, um, Susanna is actually my cousin. Uh, we, we just figured out first cousin once removed. Yeah. Yes. So um, uh, your maiden name is Foth. And so some people out there may know who Dick Foth is. I like him. I'm a little biased, but um, I think he's great. He's well known. <laughs> and he's got a podcast, too, that uh, I listen to called Known. And it's a good podcast. It's so good. If you love stories, it's a great podcast. I love it. And Susanna, let's tell let's tell the the Church with Magazine audience a little bit about you. I I think that you're one of the funniest, wittiest people I know. Um, for one thing, you had a blog for a number of years, probably still do, called Confessions of a Tired Supergirl. Yeah. And and then you've written books, and um, uh, you keep writing. And uh, your one of your recent blogs is called Crouching Spider, which I want to hear about. So tell us a little bit about your your background, you and your husband, your husband Scott. <laughs> Well, my husband, Scott, and I were church planters for 15 years. He was a youth pastor for 19 years before that. He had um, he actually was a youth pastor starting when he was 19. And so we kind of have a long history with pastors. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm a grand pastor's kid. And then I was a pastor's wife. And I had thought I never wanted to marry a pastor, but he was cute and funny. So there was oh, that. Yeah. That's great. So then I just had to go with it. And um, we actually um, have just closed our church of 15 years um, in the last year. And so we're in a new season together. And so this is kind of a relaunching of my writing and um, blogging and all of those kind of different things. So it's a fun it's a fun season to be in. Um, I started writing probably, let's see, my first book came out about a decade ago, but I started writing when I was a kid. So I've always loved words and how they feel 
I guess, both in my mouth and how they look on the page. And so that's kind of been the thread, the common thread of this last decade or so of what I've been doing, um, both in my blog and in my books. What were, what were the uh, some of the books you, what are some of the titles of case people want to look them up? Um, my first book that came out was called All I Need is Jesus and a Good Pair of Jeans. Love it. And that's the Tired Supergirls Search for Grace. And um, my most recent books that have come out, uh, one was called Queen of the Universe. Um, and that is a book for moms and their life-changing work. And then also Hope Sings. And so that's just a book about who God is in our life and the hope that um, he offers us simply because of who he is and the song of hope that he's singing over us. Wow. That's great. And you've got a, a newsletter coming out. We'll talk about that in, in a little yeah. while. So the, the, do you think there's a place for humor in, in Christian writing? Because, uh, you, you know, you, you're pretty, I, I think you're pretty witty and you have a different look on things. You know, how does that, how does that work with, with humor and, and yet getting, getting a point across? I sure hope there's a place where I am in big yeah. trouble. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think that joy has a huge place in the Christian life. Um, it's helpful for um, connecting with other people. And it's also helpful for getting through the struggles that we experience. Um, I think that if we can just have that space where we're able to laugh at ourselves and even at the situations that we're in, that it kind of gives us room to breathe. And I think right now that's a huge, that's a huge thing. If you can find a good friend to laugh with, that can open up some space in your soul, I think, so that you can make it through whatever you're going, going through. So I have this, I have a sense that Jesus laughed a lot. Mm -hmm. So I, I like to incorporate it wherever I can. I mean, obviously it's not just humor for humor's sake, but I think right. it's a way that you can connect with someone and open up how they see life and maybe even how they can receive joy and hope um, from God. So I That's like good. it. I, I think, I think you're definitely on, on the mark there. I, um, I recently finished a series um, called The Chosen, um, and it's on YouTube, and then there's an app for it. And uh, Dallas Jenkins was the writer and, and producer of that. And it's about the disciples, about how Jesus chose the disciples. And the writing was so great because there was, there was humor in it. Yeah. And, and they portrayed Jesus as being a real, a real guy. And at one point, um, uh, the um uh they had, simon peter had just come out of the out of the sea of galilee and caught all this fish right and jesus remember jesus said hey go cast your net over here and you'll catch all this fish right right and he comes out with all those fish and there's jesus he's like i caught all this fish he's like, let's go do it again let's we can make a business out of this <laughs> and and it was kind of funny but then you thought well maybe that's what he said i mean right. that's logical you know uh, <laughs> instead of using whole king james language he's like let's go do it again I so that. I think, I think you're right about that. Um, you know, when my wife, Fran was going through her, uh, a breast cancer journey a few years ago, and, and today she's completely healed and great. Um, at the end of that, um, the nurses at the hospital, when they rang the bell and they were happy and, and they said, you know what, Fran, whenever you came through here, you had joy mm -hmm. and it's people don't come through here. We don't see joy a lot. 
Hmm. And, 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 you know, we think that's one of the keys to why you came through this with flying colors. You know, what do you think about that? I absolutely agree. I mean, I'm not a scientist, so I don't have the proof of it, but, um, I know that your attitude and the way that you look at things actually shapes the way that your life turns out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it has physical impact as well. And so I just think for one thing, joy is contagious. So if you are joyful, if you have a good positive outlook, you're just going to be attracting people. We all want to be around people like that, don't we? Yeah. Um, and so I just think that laughter is one of the ways that God um, gives release in our lives and actually can heal us. So I'm, I'm all for it. I think that is an amazing story and an amazing testament to your wife, just that she was able to have some positivity and such a, a rough patch of life. Right. Yeah. Well, that can only come from God. I mean, that's, that's, there's only one place that comes from. That's all right. So, so you and your husband had a church plant um, I was recently on a call with a, uh, a ministry nonprofit out of the Southern California area that that helps churches that are struggling and, and comes in and kind of adopts them and helps them out. I love that. And it, it's called Rogo, if you want to look it up, uh, R-O-G-O. But the role of church, I, I think the role of church is, was changing before COVID. Right. As we record this today, we're still in, the, it, this is uh, currently September of 2020, and we're still in, in this COVID season. But even before COVID, I would be meeting with, you know, leaders and church leaders and, and, and talk to them about their digital strategies because mm. people aren't sitting in pews like they were, you know, right. you know, Anna, when I was a kid, if my butt wasn't in the back of the pew, my mom would like hit my leg or something. <laughs> right. right. And, and that doesn't really hit, Right. It was right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and then, and then we came into the area of, of YouTube and so forth. And then churches started expanding with digital presence. And then, then maybe they weren't going to the pews and then COVID hit and they're 100% for the most part. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about what do you think the, how does that work? Can we still consume church and not be in the pew? Um, I think it it was a lifeline actually, um, as our, uh, so I'll speak of our experience of just what, we felt as we've been going through this season. So our church, the journey has been online and it's definitely not the same experience as being, as sitting next to somebody and worshiping with them and having that interaction. But in a time where I think we felt so separate and so um, just uncertain, there was just a, a real hunger and thirst to know that we weren't alone in the process and to know that God was still in control and that our church body was still um, connected, even though we couldn't sit together in the pews. So one of the things that I thought was really interesting was um, our church was meeting like actually on a Facebook, you could do Facebook live. And so they were meeting that way. And so all of us at home were being able to comment (laughs) on the side um, of what, was going on with the service and just have that kind of interaction at least. And so, um, 
I think there are lots of people that are homebound that aren't able to get into a real church service, or there are still churches that are not meeting in person right now, right? Lots of churches are still just online. And um, while it's not the the only way that you can connect, I think it is a good way to connect when you're not able to do it in person. What do you think? Yeah, I, I believe you're 100% right, Susanna. I think you know, the, the, uh, reminds me of a story oh, when I was in India a couple of years ago, working with the, an AG church there. Um, they told me about a family that didn't come to the church and their daughter wanted to attend and they wouldn't let her. And so she would watch the online service, but minimize the window. <laughs> so, and, and they put face, what's that? I said, I love that. Yeah. That's so creative. And, and, and put Facebook up or Excel or something. Right. And, and she would attend church that way. So I think it definitely is an important role. And, you know, there's, there's lots of programs and platforms out there, open church from Life Church, you know, there's, that allow people to get on easily and inexpensively. Um, and it is a different, it is a better time for that. So, so if, if, if you had a chance, you and Scott, to sit with a, a, a couple or a family or someone who's starting a church plant, do you think there'd be half a dozen things you'd want to tell them based on your own experience that they should know before they, before they go down that road or as they're going down that road? That's such a good question. Yeah. I think that hindsight is 2020. There's probably a million things, um, that I could share. Well, maybe not a million, maybe at least 10. (laughs) I think first of all, um, just to know that, that God is, calling you to that, um, to that life and to that challenge and to that purpose. And if he is that he will be able to sustain you no matter what's going on. Um, starting something from scratch, I think is, has a different set of challenges maybe than coming to, into a church that's already been established. And so I think, um, kind of being anchored in that knowledge that God is with you and he's preparing a way for you is super important because sometimes it doesn't feel like that when you're in the middle of it. Um, I think another huge thing is having a team around you that will support you. I think when we started, we had a small group of people and we felt like, oh my gosh, we need to get this off the ground. And we launched when there probably were just, I think about 11 of us in our in our group. And, um, Scott t- will say that we had stupid faith because we, um, rented a theater that seated 900 people. <laughs> so yeah, we showed, up, we showed yeah. up with our small crew and, um, I just think like, it's so important to have the people on your team that are with you that are ready for like the good stuff and the not as great stuff. Right. Um, right. Because it's such a journey. It's, and uh, we really found church planning to be kind of a roller coaster ride. Like there were amazing moments and then there were really like hard moments that we went through. And so if the people that are on your team, on your leadership team, or even like um, on your prayer team are locked in with you, that's just a kind of support that is, um, it's just really needed and necessary going in to something like that. And then probably the last thing I would say is, for a couple going in, find a way to stay connected. Um, Mm. 
that there's more to your marriage than the church. So because before there was a church, there was you guys. And then after there's a church, there's going to be you guys. So if you can find a way to um, really stay connected and not just have just your ministry be the only thing that connects you, that is a good, I think that's a good plan. So what do you and Scott do together now that's not work-related when you're not working? Yeah, right now we are in the house together 24-7. That's awesome, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) So My my wife would join you in that. We're just seeing each other all day long. So great. No, we actually, uh, because when we were church planning, Scott had his home, I mean, his office at home, we had that experience for many years. And so I think at the front end, it took more of an adjustment. And then we got used to working together um, side by side. We're, I think we find ourselves in a new season. We have three sons, uh, teenage sons. One is at college and the other two are in high school and they have less and less time for us. And so we're finding that we're having more and more time for each other. So I think we're in a new season of figuring out fun ways, whether it's walks or sitting down and discussing books. We actually both were kind of nerdy and we love reading. And um, he especially loves nonfiction. I kind of like fiction more, but even just sharing things like that, books that we like to read, that we'll we'll read the same book at the same time. Um, I don't know. Eating it's chocolate—that's more me. The chocolate is just me, I guess. Sustenance, yeah. He, I think he could probably, you know, take it or leave it. But I find that that is—that's a good binder in a relationship. That's, yeah, I think my wife—that's uh, where she likes her calories is from. <laughs> yes, please. I'd rather have a donut, but that's yeah, okay. I can donuts are good. I get that. Well, my uncle Ray, who would be your my great uncle great uncle, uh, either ran or owned or something Winchell's Donuts in the Los Angeles area for some period, if you recall. I did not know that. I did not yeah. know that. I, I'm going to mess up the story, so I'll stop there. But I remember <laughs> as a kid um, going and visiting and, and seeing, going backstage and when the Winchell's. So That's like the perfect uncle to have. Yeah. Oh my God. Donut yeah. shop. Holy cow. I actually asked my mom. Um, since we're first cousins once removed, I just asked my mom this morning uh, to create a family tree and write it all down so I can keep track of everybody. Well, yeah, it's hard because isn't wasn't there seven siblings? Am I right? Seven, seven siblings. Yeah. Yep. They had kids and they had kids and, and it's just enormous. A lot. Yeah. And um, uh, many are pastors and, and, and uh, evangelists and authors. And it's just amazing to see. Yeah what one, uh, you know, what one God fearing couple did, you know, my great grandparents. I know. I love that so much. Grandparents. So, so, well, that's cool. Now in this, in this area of social distancing, has anything happened to you at all where you've been like, this is so weird. I, I, I I read your latest (laughs) blog about a spider at the Home Depot. And then, and then the lady came and ceased being social distancing to swipe the spider (laughs) off you. Um, Is this what happens in your daily life that you run across these funny, these funny stories? I feel like weird things happen to me regularly. Um, My kids try and ignore me. They don't want to be around me. Um, I can tell you what happened in the, in the spider story. My folks came up to 
visit and um it was kind of like it, it, no it was very exciting actually they live in Colorado and we live right. in Idaho and they made the trek all the way up here to see us and so this is you know we've been all social distancing for forever right and so they came and stayed with us it was great and they were helping me um get my backyard outfitted with flowers. My mom is an amazing gardener and she has roped in my dad to be the one who works her many visions of um, gardening splendor. And so we decided um, on a few plants that we wanted and the one nursery that we visited did not have the plant that we wanted. So we thought Home Depot, maybe they'll have it. So we get to Home Depot and we are um in line with four creeping myrtle plants, which we're very excited about. It's me and my mom. We are back at the social distancing line so that we're not next to anybody. You're on the sticker? You're standing on the sticker? We're on the red sticker because I'm a rule follower. And Good for so, you. Yeah, we had our masks on. I mean, we were like, we're set. We're not even talking to other people, right? I don't know. So um, I realized as I'm standing there, I have two plants in my hands and my sunglasses on. And I realized my hair was falling over my sunglasses. And then I thought, um, I haven't had a haircut in five months. I don't actually have bangs anymore. And realized like in a split second that those were two spider legs that were like coming down my head. And so because I have such amazing reflexes, I hurled both uh, plants my sunglasses and one hoop earring down onto the floor like just and with a scream which I'm sure probably scared the fire out of everybody in the Home Depot and scared my mom and so at that point she backed up like she was not going to stand near me and so she was extra social distancing at that point and um, and I'm just looking like I have my arms flung out from my body and I'm all arched and like this, <laughs> the Home Depot lady comes over after I scream and she was like, was it a spider? And I, and I just thought to myself, why are you asking me? Like, do you have a lot of spiders here? Because how did she know it was a spider that was right. on my head? Right. And so I was like, yeah, I had a spider on my head and I'm still looking down. And just about that time, I see it crawling out from under my armpit like up towards my chest, like a neck area. And so then I scream again and fling my arms out again because I don't have any control over my body if there's like something on me. And so at this point, my mom backs up even further. Like she wasn't even trying to help me. Like as a mother, you would think someone should try and help you. And so then the Home Depot lady came and like did a body check and like was running her hand over my back and like patting me down to make sure that there were no spiders. And so we eventually paid and got out to the car, but we were in hysterics. My mom and I, by the time we got there, we were dying laughing because, well, because I was so crazy and screaming and um, made it into the car. And both of us were still itching because, you know, like once you have something creepy crawly on you that you're still itching. (laughs) So we drove a couple miles home, got out of the car and found the spider was on my mom's headrest. And so I had flung it onto my mom and um, she had driven home with it on her neck. And so at that point, I screamed again because that's what we do when there are spiders, you know. Not made my dad upset, but you know what? It's okay. So So the spider got a free ride down to your house. Yeah. Dad tried to kill it. He only got a couple legs. We still don't know where it is. It could be plotting its revenge right now. We don't even know. 
So uh, that's the story of my social distancing. I will social distance unless there is a spider on me, and then I'll expect you to come and get it off of me. That's how I deal with things. That's so funny. That's a great story. I, I think, you know, we're all, it, the stories we tell today, again, in this era are so crazy because <laughs> uh, I was um, in line at the post office yesterday and uh, they had stickers for you to stand on. And I was a rule follower, just like you, Suzanne. Yes. Um, and so I was one sticker away from the person in front of me. <laughs> but the lady behind me decided to come right up and pretend like she was going to be my best friend. What the heck? And I and it really bothered me. And like a year ago, we wouldn't even thought about it. Right. And I, I felt her. I, I turned around like, ah, <laughs> well, you're right there. She was yeah. in your zone. Like that's not, that's not okay anymore. There are zones now that we have. And you stay out of your zone. Well, I, I'm so glad we had a chance to talk. And, um, you know, for for pastors and pastors' wives and, and thinking about their churches and what to do. I, I think, you know, there's a lot of uh, a great info you've been able to share today. Now talk to me about your newsletter before we, we close up today. Tell me, tell me about your newsletter and what you've just started. Yeah. Um, I've had a newsletter for a while and just really decided to revamp it. It's called the good things newsletter. And I feel like at this moment in time, we need some good things. Um, that we can focus on. And I think a lot of us are feeling bombarded with a lot of information that's not good. (laughs) So um, this is just going to be a little short, like bit of soul encouragement where each week on Thursday, we're going to call it three good things Thursday. And there'll just be little links to things that are uplifting and encouraging. So like a song, a funny video, a good book that you can read, um, an inspirational quote, something like that. So it's just really something to keep your mind focused on um, the goodness that is surrounding you. Because I think sometimes it's easy for us to really just feel down right now because things feel so uncertain. I know I have several friends that I've talked to struggled with depression and um, just feeling um, nervous and anxious about everything that's going on right now. And the truth is that um, Jesus still has us in his palm. Um, He's still taking care of us. He, He hasn't lost sight of where we are or what we're going through. And so um, this is just a fun little way to get our minds back on track and focus on things that can um, be encouraging and uplifting. That's awesome. And I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes, but tell us how we can uh, sign up for your newsletter, Susanna. Yeah, you can just go onto my website. It's SF Otman, like San Francisco. And then Otman is kind of a rough one, but it's A-U-G-H-T-M-O-N. Um, dot com, sfotman.com, and then just click on the little link that says news and you can sign up. Just Great. put your email in there and you can get it. Okay. And we can sign up our friends and other people who don't even want it, right? Just Please put their email. Do not in. Do that. Please don't. We can't do that? Okay. We're not allowed <laughs> no, to do that. You are not allowed. No, just yourself. Okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thank you, Susanna, for, for joining us today. And and thank you for tuning into this podcast. We had a, a great season one. Uh, and I, if you haven't listened to the episodes in season one, I'd encourage you to go back and, and check out some of those great episodes. 
Um, uh, two stand there are so many good ones, but uh, two standout episodes from the episode series one was uh, uh, Liana Platt, who's a pastor's wife from Doxadeo Church in Pretoria, South Africa. Uh, she had a really good message, and uh, that one had uh, a- an incredible amount of listeners. And then our friend Squire Rushnell and Louise Duart, um, who uh, the authors of the Godwinks books. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they talked about Godwinks and what that is, and that also was a great episode. So uh, as a listener, I'm looking at you, and if you haven't checked out season one, uh, go back and uh, the podcast is available on Google and Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Apple, and Stitcher, and many, many more places. So thank you for that, and we look forward to a great season two. Uh, Susanna, you, you broke us in. You are our first, our first episode. Oh, that's awesome. I feel honored. You'll probably break the internet. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to try not to, because that was, it's our lifeline right now, Brian. You know what I'm saying? It's, true. it's really true. <laughs> well, thank you, Susanna. For Susanna, I'm Brian Boyd, and we'll catch you next time on the Church Growth Magazine podcast.